For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here from the Mall of America. We're pretty much right next to Radio Row and just above where all the media is centered. And I am here with from the Daily Mail over across the pond, my buddy Peter Carline. Peter, how are you? I'm very well today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back in Minnesota in the uh, lovely weather and uh, great people. No, I'm enjoying it a lot. Well, Peter, you are a uh, Vikings follower, a pretty close one, so I was glad that you were able to make the trip to the Super Bowl. So I want to talk with you first about the Vikings, and then we can talk a little bit about how uh, your folks over there in England look at American football and whether we'll eventually get a team there. But first with the Vikings, your take, as you pay very close attention to all these things going on with the Vikings, on the offensive coordinator and quarterback situations, uh, is this making you nervous as a Vikings follower? Of course, I think I think you would you would not be a Vikings follower. This this time was not making you nervous. Uh, you know the, the the team has a lot right with it. We had a a, a team where you could argue a, a season where we overachieved, and and now we've got to make two pretty big decisions: one on who's going to call the shots, and one who's going to throw them. So, <laughs> um, we 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 spoke off the air about. Uh, perhaps promoting uh, Stefanski or getting getting uh, Bevel back and um, I, I, w- I would lean to, to getting uh, Bevel back just because of he's been to a Super Bowl with Seattle previous time he was with the Vikings he wasn't calling the plays it was Childress so let's give him a go with the quarterback that's a tough one that really really is because uh, there's, there's the part of you that says sorry I'm, I'm dominating your podcast here talking over you there's a part of you that says, okay, Teddy had that injury. It was cruel. Uh, in a way, he kind of deserves a season by himself because he's never had the offense. It's always been Adrian Peterson, or you know, and, and so. But then that, there's a lot of risks to attach to that because you don't know what that knee's like. You don't know what he's lost. And and then you have dear old Case Keenum, who played incredibly well this season. But the, the fear is if, if that is if we've seen Pete Case Keenum and the, the sort of stretch from Carolina and the, oh, it was okay against the Bengals, but he, he's always got an interception in him, you fear. But then against the Saints, he's got a miracle in him too. So big decision, big decision. Are you a Teddy guy? I mean, do, like when you go back to 2015, it's always a debate. And every time I say something or write something about Teddy, it's he only threw 14 touchdowns. And I thought, considering what he had to work with, that he did a really good job, though, at that season. And he didn't give the ball away very much. Um, I liked him. I liked when when the proverbial hit the fan and, the, you know, he was two-minute Teddy. He had, a, had an uncanny ability to put us in the right position. And were it not for a certain kicker missing from 27 yards i think we'd have had a pretty good super bowl run that year by the way i've enjoyed that at the super bowl experience at the convention center people have been kicking field goals from exactly 27 yards and just i have to do that just to find out whether they could have hit that field goal by blair walsh um (laughs) now like you mentioned there's the risk involved with uh, teddy bridgewater so the other options, how do you feel about Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins or even potentially drafting a quarterback? I think you can rule Kirk Cousins out because of the money. 
I mean, he, he's he's got charisma. He's 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 a he's a he's a little bit better than than Keenum to me. He's you know, uh, Alex Smith. I mean, that is that is just slightly better Keenum, isn't it? I mean, you're you're going to invest a lot of money on someone who he's okay. Don't get me wrong, but maybe Zimmer would like someone like Smith though because he doesn't he's not a gambler and Zimmer would say you're not going to give the ball away and here's I'm going to you're going to have the field position for my defense to do its thing and then there's the draft well I wouldn't be averse to drafting quarterback clearly they like um the man Sloder as well because we're carrying four quarterbacks yeah it's uh I think he's definitely your like proverbial project quarterback that they have. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's always good to have one of those on the roster, and sometimes they turn into somebody that you never expected. But as you would say, too, not part of the conversation yet in any way. But uh, the Alex Smith idea I really like because it sort of puts off having to make a real decision long-term on the quarterback situation. But you drop a good quarterback, I like a rich man's Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins, into a situation where he can win. I mean, the supporting cast has been built up to win every single year. It hasn't been built up to say, oh, we've got a few years, so let's get a guy that's going to be our five-year-from-now quarterback. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, even with Kirk Cousins, it would be, well, he's going to be here for five or six years. I think you go with whatever the best option is for at this very moment and don't worry about what's going to happen in the future, which would include probably trading a second-round pick or more to get Alex Smith. Yeah, um, that, that, that they wanted they wanted something in the future as well, didn't they? As well, that was the uh, sort of expectation. Okay, I mean, I'm not averse to it because there's we're not blessed with a massive free agency market of decent quarterbacks. The and, and drafting a quarterback, yeah, you you look at look at Wentz, look at Goff. You have to wait a, wait a year for them, and uh, you kind of want to protect them too, don't you? Well, yeah, and that might be the thing with Case Keenum if they believe that. He can do this again and put them in a situation where they're 13 and three again. They might franchise tag him, but that doesn't seem like the way that you would want to go. Well, if you look at how Zimmer's reacted to him all season, he's never said, "Case Keenum's you're brilliant. I love what you did on Sunday. You're my guy." You know, because like, like Teddy, oh, I love this kid. He's never. And maybe they've, they've made a conscious decision on this is how we get the best out of Case Keenum. We continually just put him down, but I'm not sure. I just don't think Zimmer's, Zimmer doesn't fancy him to me. Well, it was amazing at the end of the year press conference when he wouldn't even say, Case did a great job for us this year. And, you know, you look at the way that it ended, and his defense melted down for sure and didn't pressure the quarterback, and the Eagles outplayed them up front. But the door is cracked open, or blown open, rather, by the two turnovers. And I think that that's, like you said about Alex Smith, if there's something that is really attractive about Smith, it's that he's one of the lowest of all time in interception percentage. That he does not throw the ball away, he doesn't take too many risks, and he was actually good at throwing the ball downfield, unlike Case Keenum this year. I mean, Smith had 26 completions over 20 yards Keenum had 11 it's like it's like a misnomer because he's called a gunslinger that he was whipping at 20 30 yards down the field it was much more Pat Shermer's offense and just doing enough to get yards after the catch mm. and and that's the other thing isn't it is if we do get the offensive coordinator can that can they be as as sharp as Shermer certainly was for the first half of the season first 10 games of the season uh, by the way, before we continue the conversation, just mm. want to let all of our listeners know about our Purple Podcast Big Game Special Edition. 
Judd and I will be talking all things associated with the big game, and we want to thank Sprint for their partnership for our special edition podcast. To learn more about how you can get Sprint's incredible unlimited plan that includes Hulu, visit a Sprint store today. Sprint works for me, and Judd and I will be doing that. We'll have more details on it as we go forward with uh, a couple of ex-Vikings players, so it won't be Eagles talk. I promise you. I got a tweet about that the other day. You guys are just going to talk about Eagles, and I don't want to hear that. We're not. We're going to talk about Vikings. Vikings offseason, and then a little bit of the Super Bowl. So uh, carrying on with the Vikings conversation here, though, before I ask you about uh, what you do think of the Super Bowl, outside of this quarterback situation, what do you think is next for the biggest possible decision the Vikings will have to make this offseason? Um, what, what, what do you mean by that, sir, exactly? Well, I mean, so you've got the quarterback. You've mm-hmm. got to decide who you're going to sign. But is it? long-term contract extensions is it free agent signings potentially for what positions is it the draft i mean what, what's the next focus after the quarterback situation is resolved well i guess i guess free agency starts first so we're gonna have to look to free agency i mean you you think mckinnon's a goner i do yeah, yeah. i do I and mean, i think he does too after yeah. listening to him at the end of the year basically say yeah i want yeah, to be a starting be running a star- back yeah so which i don't think he's going to find that on no, the market no he, he would be incredibly lucky to mm-hmm. um, i mean he's he's done very well this season again but it's kind of like i think that's as that's as good as it's going to get for you and you've got dalvin cook coming back next year so yep. good luck with that fingers crossed um what would i like to see well you look on the defensive side of the ball and things are okay to me you know, most uh, we need to sign up Diggs, don't we? I mean, he's going to be... The contract extensions, there are quite a few of them, including Diggs, Diggs Daniil Hunter, Hunter, Eric Kendricks, Hendricks. Anthony Barr, and eventually uh, Trey Wayne too. Yeah, okay. And then we've got that offensive line, which, as we've seen this season, still needs strengthening because mm-hmm. that Nick Easton injury just stopped us in our tracks, really. And Joe Berger is likely going to retire. Right. There are things to do here. We've got, but we also, is it like the fifth most cap space? We're, yes. we're quite well endowed when it comes to the cap space. It is, yeah. Uh, if you take out Sharif Floyd out of the conversation, $63 million, but how much of that is going to have to go into the quarterback, the quarterback situation? Well, 22 if we franchise tag Keenum and a lot less. Not, well, I think, I think we're, we're ruling out the Cousins here, aren't we? Because that would just. I'm writing about Blow. that today, about the, the Cousins argument. And the Cousins argument is that his best year, he had all these weapons around him and had a great offensive design and succeeded, and that's basically what he would have here in Minnesota. But can he actually win you a Super Bowl? I don't know. But, you know, when people say he's not a winner, okay, at- yeah, but, I mean, his defenses were 28th twice and 21st. So it's not like he's had a Mike Zimmer number one defense to, to help him out. Mm. But it's amazing with Cousins, the difference between what you see when you watch him, what pro football focus says about him, and then his box score statistics that look like he's Tom Brady. It's amazing. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, where do you stand on that? And fantasy as well. Yeah, oh, great fantasy quarterback. (laughs) I think you have to look at reality, (laughs) particularly if you're the Vikings. And uh, I don't know. Well, it's it's uh, I guess whatever you do, it's a risk. But he strikes me as possibly a little bit too high risk particularly when you roll in the contract which could scupper your next wave of defensive stars because i'd like to keep those two ucla boys together i don't know about you yeah no i think so yeah i mean if they could 
you want to keep all of those guys if you can long term. And that's where this all gets really hairy because if you have a quarterback that's good enough to be a franchise quarterback, then he's taking money out of somebody's pocket there. You're going to have to let somebody go. But I, I think they do deserve tremendous credit because I certainly wasn't expecting anything like this season. I mean, Zim, Spielman in, in doing the roster, hats off, and also Zimmer in terms of how he is hand, handled himself in front of the media, how he talks about his players. He's clearly gone away and said that was just appalling. Yeah. And he's M- learned. Much so improved. I, yeah. I think if he can do that again, if he can get to that, right, I got to the NFC Championship game and we lost. What did I do wrong? See, you know, the future's bright, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could definitely talk yourself into it because well, you were 13-3. and three. I mean, even if some of the things regress, you still look like a playoff team, and, and then you've got a chance. And that, But that's the other thing about Zimmer, isn't it? It's uh, alternate seasons of playoff, no, playoffs appalling, playoffs mm-hmm. appalling. So. And also, if things go a little bit worse, then will he still have an easy time not saying things about players, not alienating players, because when you're 13-3... and three, It's easy to be nice. There's not too many guys to yeah. shoot flaming arrows at. Unless, if, if Stefan Diggs doesn't catch that ball, Keenum doesn't throw it, that is a hell of an autopsy, that game. No, you're right, because not only did the defense get picked apart in the second half, but Case Keenum with the key interception. And I think Keenum is still in the conversation for this, but I put it out on Twitter as a poll today would you be happy if the vikings franchised keenum and 70 percent were saying no i mean so it seems like the eagles game and the combination of people realizing that the miracle is a miracle and not how he played for the whole game Mm. seeing him play in those two playoff games may have taken a lot of the keenum crazies off of that position and made them decide uh you know maybe we have to do better here and, and also, how many points did we concede in six quarters? Was it 55 or 65? I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> we, what, we, we conceded less in, throughout a month in the season, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, against Drew Brees, you expect that to happen? You, against Nick Foles, you don't. And, so, and you don't expect Rhodes to lose his head quite so much. Yeah, or get injured all the time. All the seasons. time. Yeah. What's going on? What yeah. do they give him? Because he comes back with a spring in his step. I think that... He was just battling that the whole time, yeah. and sometimes if and he took a hit, then it would be a little much to deal with, and then you have to come back in. But and it pains me to say, it, but Everson Griffin, it wasn't the same since the last play in England as well, because yep. the plantar fasciitis—that's that's not comfortable, right? And, you know, his game is based on that speed, and it's basically England's fault that the Vikings <laughs> lost. Well, it's Zimmer's fault for not, not taking him off when the game was won, you could argue. No, you're right about that. The fact that he was there on the last play of the game was really stunning. And Zimmer really didn't sit starters down the stretch either when they were way up in He games. did against the Rams. That was about it. Right, uh, where Tashawn Bauer got his one and only sack for the season. Yeah, mm. yeah but you're right. I mean, what other Think game? Ahead. Even against Cincinnati, he brings in... Bridgewater at the end, but not for long stretches of time, even when games were decided, and maybe in that one he should have. Let me ask you about, since uh, we've determined that now it's your fault, basically, that Everson Griffin got hurt, um, how did England react to the Vikings? How does it react to American football? I mean, is there... Are there people there who are pining for an NFL team, or is that just something that Roger is trying to tell us all? Well, it's all about greed. The, you know, this, this, I'm shocked. I know. Shocked uh, I'm that sorry to break greed. that one to you. <laughs> um, yes, there are people who want a team, but I think that there are also people who pay a lot of money 
to watch the games at Wembley or Twickenham and Spurs this year, and the games aren't good enough. I mean, and it's it's no one's fault. You know, it's not the players' fault. It's not the team's fault. Jet lag is a pain in the backside, and these teams arrive on a Friday. But for, you know, some teams arrive. The Vikings arrived on the Thursday, which no teams do. Sometimes they arrive on the Monday or the Tuesday. It doesn't make any blooming difference. They're all just completely out of their comfort zone, out of whack, and it's it's a terrible spectacle. You know, in terms of the games, the unless I mean, the, the the Vikings may have played the uh, best game that's ever been played there. The Steelers won. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there, there was one between the the Jags and the Bills that was high scoring, but no, the Vikings. But it won. was hideous football. Trust me, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. the, your Buffalo connection. Yes, I was in uh, Buffalo at that time, and that was a devastating loss for the Bills because yeah. they, had, I think, uh, Alan got Hearns, up at the wasn't end. It? Yeah, yeah, there was a pass interference, right, yeah. at the end? Yes, okay, I remember. Again, this is your fault yeah. for, for that happening. Uh, I'm mean, sorry, but I, I, the, I interrupted, though. No, 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 the, the, there, is, there is a market for American football, not just in England, but across Europe. Like, you go to a game, and half the voices you hear are people speaking German, you know, so, I don't know what they can do about it because they're clearly just in, insistent on you know this this London thing. You can understand Mexico, fine. It's same time difference, whatever altitude, but you get that playing in Denver. But it's it just they, they they're really disappointing to me. The London games. It, it does not matter who it is. The teams just don't want to be there. They turn up. They're just like oh. And then they, they just want to get out as quickly as possible because it, it can ruin seasons. The Vi- you know, the Vikings got – some teams don't even get a bye when they come. Right. Yeah, and that's crazy to, yeah. to have to go through all that. And trying to figure out how you would logistically put a team there is just beyond me, right? Like how would you fly they, people so far there? How would you set up the scheduling? They, they would. They, the, the talk is that they would have a, an East Coast base for training camp and for – like scouting purposes so if an offensive tackle goes down they fly them there and whatever and then they play chunks of games so like four games in a row in england four that's their way of thinking around it i mean it's doable the, but it also sounds like a massive disadvantage and who would want to play for that team it would be a huge disadvantage that you've got tax issues you've got weather issues you've got people being away from their family issues you've got it's it's just a bad idea full stop well, at least the Vikings won, though. Well, <laughs> so two, you got they've won twice. The Vikings win. They've won twice. <laughs> yeah, right. 100% right. record in England. Uh, the Vikings are one of few franchises. Maybe they should move the team to England. Well, they, they, do, not, they do not mind at all playing, you know, obviously they don't have to give up a home game now because we've got the Super Bowl, but they, they don't mind playing on the road at all. So as far as the Super Bowl, first of all, how are you enjoying our great state? I love it. I love it. You know, um, Staying in northeast Minneapolis, my friend drops me off at Target Field because that's where he works for the Metro Transit. So I just get the light rail in. Um, today's a bit quiet, um, but no, it's 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 great. Um, I'm supposed to be doing that blooming zip wire, which I'm terrified about. <laughs> um, it's just fun, you know. You you come you come to Super Bowl, you see people, you know. You chat to America. It's, it's, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And it was in Minnesota. There's just one thing missing, Matthew, and we both know what that is. So, no, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who you mean at all that should be in the Super Bowl, but lost to Nick Foles. So, who do you got? <laughs> I, I know that people on the Purple Podcast just do not want to hear Super Bowl talk, but we've got to all move on. Last night at the media night, 
their Vikings fans are booing the Eagles. It's like, stop. Mm. You lost. Yeah. Sorry. Like, they shouldn't have thrown beer cans at you. I agree. Mm-hmm. But as far as the football team, they did nothing but just outplay your team. Yeah. So let it go. And outcoached. But, yeah, outcoached, outplayed everything. Um, and then they sh- like they should have done the skull chant there to make fun of you because they won, and that's what you get to do when and, you win. And so the skull chant was nicked off Iceland, and all they've done is nicked it off us and changed it a little bit. So you know, it's no intellectual property, is it? That's another conversation to have. Uh, there, are, there are some in the media that don't appreciate the skull chant as much as the fans do, but I won't out anyone Aww. for that. Yeah, I know. Um, the but the how do I see the Super Bowl? The, the big game, yes. How do you see the big game? I have a bit out? of a record in these games. I picked the Broncos to beat Carolina, and I'm picking the Eagles to beat the Patriots as well. I'm with you. I think the offensive and defensive lines are so so much better. Yeah. That I, I mean, we saw Jacksonville should have won that game against the Patriots, and they were able to dominate the offense or the Patriots' offensive line pressure Brady up the middle. I think the Eagles can do the, the same Eagles thing. Can do better. Yeah, that, and they've got yeah. yeah I, I agree. I I think that after seeing the the, the job that they've done on us, um, yeah. I mean, uh, the the Patriots are an absolute steamroller. But the, I mean, Gronk will probably play, won't he? But I mean, it's the NFL. Are they going to play a yeah. guy who was concussed? I think the answer I think is probably yes. yes. <laughs> Andrew um, Sandejo still doesn't remember the NFC Championship game. No. I mean, look, I don't know if the Vikings would ever. I don't think the Vikings would ever put a guy intentionally out there, but he did not look the same. He looked like Sam Bradford did against the Bears. <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't have. Though. Yeah. Maybe it was a little too soon and Anthony Harris should have started. Mm. I'm with you, though. I, I think there's a great argument for the Eagles and with this setup we've seen Nick Foles have a very high ceiling when he's got this sort of setup with so many weapons and a great offensive line and a great coach I think Doug Peterson proved to everyone that he is one of the elite coaches yeah he's done he's done a really good job this year and uh, I'm for you know it pains me to say it well it doesn't pain me to say it because they're the better they were the better team but um and yeah I don't I don't bear them any ill will it's just you know another dagger through the heart yeah, nothing bigger or nothing. Um, so how many people in England will be watching the Super Bowl? Quite a few. Um, quite a few. It's on. It's on. It's televised on BBC One, which is a free-to-air channel. Um, and it will finish about three, half three, four in the morning. But people do, you know, a sizable chunk of people. You're not talking. You might get a million. I don't know. Maybe No. How many people live in England? 60 million. Oh. A couple of hundred thousand, let's say. So one out of every 60 might be watching it? Mm, I, 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 I might have over-exaggerated that one. Probably a bit less than one in 60, yeah. I mean, if you can't get at least 15% of your country to watch, then don't move a franchise there. Well, quite. Particularly when it's six hours ahead in time difference or what have you. So who's your football team? Your, your, your football team. Do you have a football team? Southampton. Okay, I don't know a whole lot about the Premier League, so why do you like Southampton? But I bet we have a lot of listeners who do. So give us some insight into the Premier League. What's going on? Is um, it pl- are they playing now? Yeah, they're, they're actually playing in about 20 minutes. Um, the Premier League, uh, I supported Southampton. My first game was in 1986, which was before the Premier League was born. Everyone sort of talks like the Premier League, like it's been around forever. Well, it hasn't. So uh, there's, there's some news for your podcasters. Uh, before the Premier League started in 1992, it was just called the First Division. And in 1986, I went to see Southampton play Liverpool, who were the best team in the country. 
and Southampton won. So um, a kind of tor- another tortured relationship with a sports franchise was born. Um, they had a fantastic player. In, uh, you were just maybe look in the mirror and think it's you? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, they... They were they stayed in the top flight for a long time. They got relegated in 2005 and have got back to the Premier League in 2012. But um, if you can get any money on them going down at the moment, I'd put money on it because they're playing terribly. They can't score. So, well, I I appreciate that it's getting more popular here. Oh, it really is. MLS it's all American journalists want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, and it and yourself excluded. I know. I just uh, I've I've tried to get interested, but what ends up happening is I feel like my sole focus is so much on covering the Vikings that a lot of other things I have like a little knowledge of. Like if you ask me about the Timberwolves, like I know what's going on with the mm-hmm. Timberwolves, and I know what's going on with the Twins, but I know the 90th guy on the roster in camp and everything about him with the Vikings. So you sort of get like. I catch a little bit of this and a little bit of that, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't had time to fully invest in the Premier League, but it's exciting to me how much people love it here and seem to have latched onto it since they got that TV deal with NBC. Yeah, your, your man Rick Spielman likes it, you know. Oh, does he? I didn't know that. Yeah, Did you talk t- to him about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, another one. He wouldn't, I don't, uh, in his office, he wouldn't stop talking about the Premier League. There you go. There's an, well, you probably you got the exclusive. I did. You I got, did. I broke the, it to the, the world. The scoop that none of us can get. Well, uh, Peter, uh, I enjoy following you on Twitter and, and chatting Vikings whenever we get a chance. So I'm glad you could make it over. Uh, where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Peter Carline. S- Peter or Peter. C A R L I N E. I like that you've learned to Americanize how we pronounce your name. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for, thank you for coming me. by. Follow him on Twitter. Does great stuff. And uh, we'll catch you all next time on the Purple Podcast. Cheerio.